Welcome to the Thrive Church Weekly Podcast. We pray that you will be blessed and encouraged by this message today. Thanks for tuning in. I just want to place our focus on a verse that um, is from a very important story in the Gospel of Mark. It's great to have you guys. And uh, Jesus is interacting with some children and it's kind of easy just to to read past this story and just think oh isn't Jesus lovely with all the kiddies you know and he's just so warm and he has them on his knee and you can picture this hug but Jesus is actually stating a really important message in this story and it's actually around having access to the father it's a really important principle for us to get a hold of. So in this setting, there are um, a lot of different parents, and these parents are bringing their, their children up to Jesus to bless them or for Jesus just to simply touch them. And, and then the disciples, they get really upset with this moment. And, and they were like, hey, hey, wait on, wait on a minute. This, don't you know who this is? This, this is the Son of God. This, he's too important uh, for your children. <laughs> and, and, and he's like, get, they're like get, get your kids away from the Son of God. And, and don't, don't, don't touch his seamless robe. It's like, don't get your hands on that. It's, it's, it's too awesome. And, and Jesus, though, he responds like they totally didn't expect. He, he's like, I, I don't like your attitude, guys. He's like, uh, in fact, Mark, the Gospel of Mark says that he was indignant, um, that he was really upset. And he was like, no, 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 guys, no, no, no. Let the little children come to me. Let them come to me. And then Jesus made this really profound statement that was a total paradigm shift for those who were listening to his disciples in regards to spiritual growth and how to receive the kingdom of heaven. And so in Mark 10, verse 15, Jesus said, I tell you the truth, anyone who does not receive the kingdom of God, not the kingdom of dog, the kingdom of God, let's just say this verse aloud together, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. So Jesus is giving it really straight to you here today. He's giving it really straight to us here that we need to have a really simple childlike faith and trust in Him to be able to receive from Him. And, and in this, He could be implying this, that becoming self-sufficient, spiritually educated, older and wiser, that having adult-sized faith could be leading us away from being able to receive from Him. So I want to just, um, uh, this is, we'll be doing a series called I Want My Life Back. Um, this, I think, is my fifth message in this series. I'm not sure when it's going to end. Um, <laughs> but I want to talk about having a childlike faith here today, and we're going to talk about just two aspects, two facets of this, and and one is very simply, we're going to talk about the goodness of God, and a little child would say it this way: they would say, "My God's good to me," wouldn't they? You heard their you heard their their voices today. And the second facet, I want to talk about the provision of God. And you know, if if you tell the story 
of Jesus turning water into wine or the 5,000 being fed to a child, they would say this. They would say, my God can do anything. My God can do anything. And, and if you've ever been a child, that should include some of you, uh, if you've ever seen a child or if you've, um, if you've had a child that was raised in a Christian home, then you're going to see a child uh, with a very simple faith in the goodness of God. And we teach them songs like, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible, yeah, tells me so. And, and, and little children, they just take on this really simple childlike faith that my God is good and that my God loves me. That my good, my, turn to your neighbor right now, just say, my God, your God is good and your God loves you. <laughs> so first let's just acknowledge that when a child is in the right environment, it's really easy for a child to see the goodness of God. It really is. And a child would carry this kind of faith in God, maybe for years until, <laughs> there's often an until, until difficult things happen in life, difficult things that they didn't want or didn't expect. For me, um, I was, I encountered Jesus as a 13-year-old. I'd actually been to um, Sunday school for many years. I didn't have a grid, though, for Jesus being real in my life somehow. And it wasn't until I was 13 years that I experienced Jesus. And then this amazing, magical, I had two years of having this amazing childlike faith, all right? I, I had this youth ministry in Blenheim around me. They just wrapped love around me. They mentored me. You know, just I felt so childlike in my experience of my, my God can do anything. He is so for me. And it was like, you know, in the book of Revelation, Jesus is like, hey, to, to the church, I think of Laodicea, hey, it's, it's time you return to your first love. <laughs> and, and it was kind of like this amazing, magical um, experience of knowing this innocent love of the Father. And then I moved to Rangiora, and it was like I stepped into a void. It was like the bubble burst. And then I went into about seven or eight years of being in a complete social wilderness and somewhere I remember concluding whether I was 18 or 19 or, or 20 I, I, I just I just kind of concluded that God was actually disinterested and distant and that God just wasn't you know he just wasn't for me that God wasn't really there and um, that God wasn't really good to me you know like he just he just because he wasn't there and there because there wasn't evidence in this time in my life I just you know I just, I just grew into adult faith, I guess. We could frame it in that way. And, and most of us have become adults in this room now. Some of you wives are looking at your husbands, maybe. Uh, <laughs> I know I have my moments. <laughs> but what is it that's happened in your life that may have caused you to doubt that my God is good to me? Because God wants to resolve that. You know, there's big stuff that can happen. Maybe your parents separated. Maybe um, you were rejected. Maybe a loved one died. And yeah, that's big stuff. Maybe life just got harder little by little by little. 
And you know, pain tends to reshape us. <laughs> it tends to change our worldview. And, and Jesus talks a lot about suffering in the scripture. The Bible talks a lot about suffering. And how as Christians, we actually can't escape suffering, but God actually wants to use suffering to work something great in our lives. He doesn't cause all suffering, but no suffering is wasted. And so suffering will prune us, it will redefine us, and, and, but you know, it can get so hard that we can lose the innocence of our childlike faith in the suffering. And the wilderness can become a dry, disappointing place to live in. And it's in the wilderness that we have to be careful that we don't let our hearts become hard. So how's your faith if you're in the wilderness in this season? How is 2020, how's your childlike faith going in this season? Or how is your faith on the other side of the wilderness that you've walked through? How are you doing with your pain and your unanswered questions? How's your heart? How is your heart. And I want to just propose if you're telling yourself to suck it up, buttercup, to drink another can of harden up princess, um, it's likely that you've disconnected from the Father's love. You know, that's the Kiwi masculine way. It's just kind of like, come on, just harden up. <laughs> and I don't want to minimize anyone's pain in this place here. But what I realized after I'd been through a wilderness time as a young adult, anyway, in that context, that the father had not abandoned me, that he was inviting me into maturity, and that he was actually asking me, get this young person if you're here, he was asking me to dig my own spiritual well, to discover my own faith, and not to live on the faith and the anointings and the words of others, but the word and the spirit of God so grateful for that pain on the other side of it <laughs> so if you're here and if you're young or you're young in the faith and you're in a wilderness time I just want to encourage you to keep going that the season of wilderness of wasted of, of it feels like it been your faith has been wasted that God has got another side for you and you're actually doing he's doing something with you young people wherever you are in this building in your faith so maturity actually looks like growing up. John Maxwell says this, change is inevitable, but growth is optional. So growing up in our faith, maturing in our faith is really important. Eating the meat of God's word, Hebrews 5.12, you know, not depending on the milk, not being dependent on being bottle fed, you know. So there's, there's definitely, a, a, you could look at that and say, well, Jesus is talking to ask me to be more childlike. He's not asking you to be childish. Um, he's, he's asking you to be childlike in your faith. So it's time to, you know, maybe, maybe start reading the Word and getting into the Word. And, and, then, and it says in 1 Corinthians 13, which is the love chapter, it says, put our childish ways behind us. It says that, that's a part of it. And the context of that is maturing in the expression of the love and the demonstration of Christ's love through our lives. So He wants us to mature. But what did... Jesus do after he rebuked the disciples who were trying to keep you know the children away from him verse 16 and in, in, in Mark it says that he took the children into his arms placed his hands on them and he blessed them you know we never get too old too mature to be held by the father's arms that's how he wants you to receive from him in his arms 
as a blessed one, assured of his goodness, remembering that it is his kindness that leads us to repentance. And I believe that in our church context, that actually God wants to restore the wonder and the innocence of your faith in this time. Where life is just come at you and cause you to grow up into another perspective of what faith looks like, Jesus is inviting you back to be a child in the Father's arms in this season. You know, I just want to speak into something at this time. There's a lot of fear in the church at the moment, especially in Pentecostal churches, about being in error as a believer. Like, I see it. It being in error, it getting things wrong as a believer. And, you know, religion is a driver of guilt and shame and fear. And the religious spirit demands perfection. It has a voice that can sound like a guardian of what is right, but it's deceptive. You know, deception always carries something of the truth in the way that it's actually received. And we can see in the world at the moment that the devil is trying to divide everyone. He's like, you know, the good things about Black Lives Mattering is being twisted into a political agenda. Uh, you, you can look at the contrasts that are happening in the world and the devil's trying to come into the church and like separate the church through division. So there's a lot of fear surrounding being in error as a Christian. Uh, the, the religious spirit, it, it demands perfection and, and, it, and it has this voice that's saying, come on, this is what looks right. This is what you should do to be right. And you know... Uh, we're on a journey as a church and we're making we're making mistakes and we're doing things right and wrong and I'm not thinking of anything specific right now. I just want to say, look, we're all learning. But I hear from time to time, you know what is wrong with the church? There's just not enough word. There's not enough word in the church. There's not enough word in the teaching. And then I hear, no, no, there's not enough moving of the Holy Spirit. We just need to go to a church that's more spiritual. And then we hear there's too much smoke. This is all about performance. And then we hear uh, there's not enough pastoral support in this church. And then we hear, no, the pastors are actually too pastoral. They need to be more like leaders. <laughs> and the righteous guardians speak. No, no, you're in error if you read this translation or if you follow this pastor or this movement or if you receive prayer this way, you're probably in error or you could be in error. And we can become deceived. And I don't want to be naive to think that we're beyond temptation. But the religious spirit is never satisfied with grace. It hates the moving of the Holy Spirit. It's demonic. It's hungry to accuse you and conform you and get you performing for your righteousness. And then you'll demand that others be as righteous as you. You know, the only fear that I want in my life has 
nothing to do with the fear of getting it wrong. I just want the fear of the Lord. <laughs> That's the Bible says that is the beginning of all wisdom, Proverbs 9.10. The fear of the Lord isn't the end of all wisdom, but it's the starting place of his wisdom. I want to be awestruck by his majesty and who he is. And being awestruck by him is actually a powerful place to start. So Matthew 18 verse 3, Jesus says this, Unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. And that word change in the Greek, one of the meanings for change is actually used for the word return. And so he's talking to his disciples, unless you change and return to depending on the Father, on his grace, in the same way that a child depends on their parent, you'll never enter the kingdom of heaven. You know, if the Father, if God is primarily your judge, then maybe it's time to find the Father again. Because whoever you believe the Father is for you will make a huge difference in the way that you interpret the things happening that are happening in your life. Is what you're going through a sign of his judgment towards you? <laughs> or is he just holding your hand through the issues of life and holding your hand out of the brokenness? Matthew 5 verse 3 says this, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Poor in spirit, this is not about adopting a poverty mindset. This is about recognizing the extreme contrast between God and us, like there is between a child and a parent. A poor spirit sees how much we need him. That what we can do, <laughs> that what we have without him has no real significance. 1 Peter 5, 5 and 6 says this, For God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore humble yourself under God's mighty hand, that he may exalt you in the proper time, casting all your anxiety on him, because he cares for you. This is where we launch from, humbling ourselves. This is, it's not from self-improvement. It's not necessarily from education. It's all, that's all good. It's all good. It's all good. The word's all good, but we launch from this place of humbling ourselves under God's mighty hand, from a place of humility, so that at the right time, He may <laughs> exalt us. We're not entitled to be exalted. He is the King, and we need a very childlike faith and trust in God to be able to receive from Him. Jeremiah 29 verse 11. Everyone knows that verse. <laughs> this is one of the greatest verses in Scripture that shows clearly that God is for us. And this is given, this verse is given as a prophetic word to the Israelites in a time of captivity. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. What kind of plans, people? What, pl what kind of plans has He got for you? To prosper you and not to harm you. Let me just grab a drink. Plans to give you what? Hope and a future. 
This verse, it dares people to believe that their best days yet are ahead. I'm believing that for you. I'm believing that your best days yet are ahead. That his goodness, come on, (laughs) his goodness for you. He is not finished with you. He wants you to wake up every morning and believing that your marriage is going to be even more blessed by God. He wants you to wake up believing that you'll have more to give in the future than what you have to give today. He wants you to wake up believing that God is going to use you to make an even bigger difference in this world today and tomorrow than what you've done in your past. He is, he's going, you can do it. You can do it. Paul asked this question in Romans 8 verse 31. He said, if God is for us, who can be against us? Come on. <coughs> I love the power of this. If my God, who is all-powerful and ever-present, who is all-knowing, if he is for you, who can be against you in light of his bigness? Childlike faith says this, my God is good to me. My God is for me. Time always goes so fast. I just want to touch on the second facet of God. We've still got 43 minutes before the second service starts. (laughs) The second facet of God says that my God can do everything. You know, not everyone who comes into our home has fridge rights. That is free access to the contents of our fridge. And in case you're wondering if that is you, it's probably not you. It's our children. It's Luke Drennan. <laughs> and it'll probably forever be Christy Arth, who I didn't know he had fridge rights. <laughs> hey, uh, before Jesus miraculously fed a crowd of 5,000, it was a child who handed over their lunch to Jesus. It was a child who said, I'm available, who said, my lunch is available. There were probably adults there with food. They probably hid their lunch as the disciples went past. (laughs) What lunch? I don't have no lunch. I'm hungry too. (laughs) But the child spoke up. He said, hey, I've got something. I don't know if it's going to go very far. (laughs) It wasn't in its current form. (laughs) But that child gave Jesus fridge rights as he placed what he had in Jesus' hands. You know, unavailable hearts lead to unavailable resources that equal undiscovered miracles. That's a good word. Unavailable hearts lead to unavailable resources that equal undiscovered miracles. And I just simply want to say, like a child, does Jesus have access to your time, your talent, and your treasure? Because faith, like a child, says that my God can do anything with what I have. Oh, it got quiet. That's good. I love this scripture as well. I'm just giving you a lot of scriptures I love. Philippians 2.13 says this, For it is God who works where? (laughs) He works in you to will and act according to. There's a purpose there. The Bible says that he works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. 
Some translations say pleasure instead of that word purpose. I just want to remind you that God is working in your life so that he can do something through you. That's how provision flows. Come on. Heaven's provision isn't like a pizza or a pie that is sliced up into smaller pieces depending on how many people are in the room. It's, it, heaven's provision is not a diminishing quantity so that there's just enough to go around. Heaven's provision is like a river that, throw, that flows to you and through you. I just want to encourage someone to open the fridge door. <laughs> to open the door, let Jesus come in. Let Jesus into what you have and believe in him, believing that he could do something powerful with what you have. Don't be just like those Christians that are just trying to get a slice of the pie. <laughs> just enough to get by. Because they just miss out on allowing Jesus to reach into that little resource to do something great with, something powerful with. And I believe that God wants to restore the innocence of your faith so that you can depend on him again. Like a child, your God is a good father. Before he's your judge, because of Jesus, <laughs> before he is your Lord, he is your father. And the context is the prodigal son, isn't it? He didn't run home to the judge, <laughs> to his sentence. He didn't run home to a distant king and bowed down before him to see if he was going to be accepted into the kingdom. He ran home to a father. He ran home to mercy. Yeah. And so we're all kind of like prodigal sons in a way, or daughters, aren't we? Even in our adult faith, we're like, well, maybe I need to run back to the father as a child. Thanks again for tuning in to the Thrive Church weekly podcast. Stay up 